Hello, everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk broadcasting on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, and available for download on Apple Podcasts and on iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We're going to try a new segment today that I hope you like. And if you'd like to comment on, please email us richsportstalk at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at the handle at richsportstalk. So everyone who's listening to this podcast knows I love the NFL. So today we're going to mix it up. We're going to do this after every week from now on. It's called the three and out. We're going to go to three topics around the league. And if I think there's an important topic that I have to get that fourth down in there, I'm going to go to punt. So on fourth down, if I do a punt, what that means is I get 60 seconds to talk about a quick topic to wrap up the show. Might have that on board today, so make sure you stay tuned. So three topics from the week of football. Primarily NFL, this can include some college, especially as we go into the playoff, but we're going to stick with the NFL on the front end, the first three downs. Could there be college in the fourth down? If there is a fourth down, stay tuned to find out. So I'm going to start off with this first down this week. One of my predictions before the season that I got a lot of pushback on, I did division by division previews and did the record based on schedule. And one of the teams I got the most pushback on was the Jacksonville Jaguars because I had them being 7-9. and nine. And people are like, what are you, crazy? They took the Patriots to the limit in the AFC Championship game. They have a great defense, Saxonville. And I said, look, there was one big factor in Jacksonville's success last year. Number one in the first round of the playoffs, they got Buffalo who couldn't score any points and got rid of their quarterback at the end of the season. And look at where they are now. But to me, the most important factor was four games last year, they didn't have to play Andrew Luck or Deshaun Watson. And it's clear right now, Andrew Luck is healthy. He might not be 100%, but he's healthy. He has a great offensive line now. He has a great offensive head coach. And Deshaun Watson is finally healthy. And the Texans are just running through the AFC winning eight straight games. And I said this before the season. If I were to take the quarterbacks in this division, I say one of my big philosophies is I always try to go with the best quarterback in the division. Usually that's who I think will win the division is the team with the best quarterback. And I said, be honest with me. If I was to tell you, Jacksonville, where does their quarterback rank in that division? You would say at best case three. Well, now you'd have to say four because Blake Borles has been benched. The team is now 3-8 and eight and has lost seven games in a row, including losing to Buffalo, who I remind you they trashed all offseason, and Jalen Ramsey went after Josh Allen, the rookie. And this weekend they got embarrassed up in Buffalo. This is a team that captured lightning in a ball last season and they have a great defense but a lot of things are going to start happening in Jacksonville number one they are going to have to figure out this locker room and I've heard some reports that Doug Marone has lost this locker room and this team has a lot of strong personality Jalen Ramsey calling out quarterbacks and then the rumors that he might get traded by the organization and this team they have a lot of great young defensive talent but they're starting to get to that point where all those contracts are going to start coming up and they're going to have to make some contractual decisions about these defensive players and if they can keep them long term. And one other thing that happened with Jacksonville is they made a decision that 
Last year didn't seem like a bad decision, but now after year two, it's starting to look like a bad decision. That was drafting Leonard Fournette number four. And listen, I understand that Saquon Barkley has been fantastic for the Giants. Ezekiel Elliott has been fantastic for the Cowboys. But it's about the quarterbacks in this league and the pieces around him. And Leonard Fournette cannot stay healthy. And you can make the case that they have a better backup running back right now than Leonard Fournette, who's more dynamic in the passing game and in the catching game and can do more out of the backfield. This was the criticism I had of Leonard Fournette coming out of college was I wasn't sure about his durability, and he's been breaking down a lot this year. And with running backs, look at where you can get great running backs. I mean, Philip Lindsay for the Broncos has been sensational. He was an undrafted rookie. You can get great running backs and receivers. I always say in the draft especially, especially being a big draft nerd, you can get great talent, and you can get exceptional running backs and receivers. How many undrafted or six-round picks have we seen become sensational receivers? Because there's a lot of them. There's an abundance of great athletes at those positions. What you don't get is great offensive linemen, great pass rushers, great corners, and more importantly, franchise quarterbacks. Jacksonville went all in on Blake Bortles, and it's backfired. They were winning last year in spite of Blake Bortles. Earlier this year, they were winning in spite of Blake Bortles. And it will be interesting now at 3-8 if they go after a quarterback in this upcoming draft. And I think they will because they're going to have a big contract with Blake Bortles. And even though they'll have to eat some of that money, the biggest thing for them is they'll have a lot of young defensive players coming up and they have to pay them. And the way to win this league is either pay a quarterback and surround them with good young talent or surround a young quarterback with a lot of talent, like they're doing in Los Angeles. So for Jacksonville, it's a little bit of I told you so. This team was puffing out their chest, especially after being the Patriots in Week 4. And doesn't that seem so long ago? They were 3-1. and one. It looked like they were going to the Super Bowl. They put all their emotion into that game. And it's just gone stale since then. I like a lot of the players on Jacksonville. They have some great talent, especially on that defense. But you can't win this league without a quarterback. And right now, they have the fourth worst quarterback situation in their own division. They have to now think about this. Over the next five to seven years, at the very least, you have to play Andrew Luck twice a year. You have to play Deshaun Watson twice a year. And even though he's not my cup of tea, they have to play Marcus Mariota twice a year. And Mariota, who, like I said, not my cup of tea, but he's a difficult guy to game plan. And you have a quarterback question mark. Do you get a rookie? Do you continue going with Blake Bortles? And I think a lot of change is coming in Jacksonville. But I called this before the season. I said they are not going to be the same team as they were last year. And I remember, especially after that week four, oh, no, and you were so wrong on Jacksonville. I said, look, they haven't played Andrew Luck. They haven't played Deshaun Watson. And those teams, they struggled. Do you remember the Colts were 1-5? Do you remember that the Texans were 0-3? This division at one point was wide open. It was Jacksonville's for the taking. And they've blown it. They have absolutely blown it completely. And I think you're going to see a big blow up this offseason. Possibly even at the head coaching level. But more importantly, I think you're going to see them look into a new option at quarterback. And they're going to have to make some hard decisions on some of these young players, including Jalen Ramsey. But I will say this. 
Jalen Ramsey is outspoken, and I know Jacksonville is a, is, doesn't want him possibly in that locker room. But I'll tell you this, if you trade him, there's 31 other teams in this league that would love to have arguably the best corner in football, and I think that would be a mistake to trade him. And he's the one guy on that team that I would try to lock up long term. Okay, getting into second down. This is going to be a little bit wider range. It involves the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has played great these last couple weeks since the Browns made the coaching decision to fire Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson. And I'm going to get into both of them first, and then I'm going to get into Baker Mayfield. In life, one thing to tell about how valuable a person is, it isn't what they add to an organization when they go to a new job. It's what happens to the previous organization when they leave. Jim Harbaugh with the 49ers became a dumpster fire for a few seasons when he left. You look at certain places. Nick Saban leaves LSU. LSU was fine. Certain places and certain people have the impact. It's mostly about what happens to the company you leave. And I look at college football, for example. Oklahoma, I would make the case, is better than they were last year, and they don't have Baker Mayfield. USC and UCLA, without Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, were abysmal this season. USC couldn't win six games. UCLA couldn't move the football with Chip Kelly, who's one of the best offensive minds in football this season. It isn't about what you add to an organization necessarily. It's what's your impact when you leave a former organization. And it's not good when you're supposedly two offensive geniuses or offensive-minded coaches and the rookie quarterback is doing better under a defensive head coach. And I heard a rumor that the Bengals are possibly looking at Hugh Jackson to be the next head coach of the Bengals. Oh, my Cincinnati, I understand that Marvin Lewis's time might be coming to an end, and I'll discuss that later on the next episode of my Hot Seat Special. But Hugh Jackson, who was terrible in Oakland and won one game over two seasons, and I understand he didn't have a lot of great support around him in Cleveland, but you look at the Browns, since he left, they've looked like a completely different team. And I'm sorry, but... Have you seen Nick Chubb? You, you're telling me this great offensive coach didn't realize he had Nick Chubb, and I know they did trade away Carlos Hyde after a couple games, but you couldn't tell in camp or the first few games, man, this running back is special. It took for you to finally leave to just say, hey, why don't we get Carlos Hyde a, I'm, I'm sorry, a Nick Chubb, a major part of the game plan, and oh, look, this offense, it looks pretty darn good, and Cleveland's in postseason contention a long shot postseason contention but they're in contention so it's not good on the coaching staff that you leave a quarterback and he gets better and all I can say is Cincinnati if you're serious about Hugh Jackson if you thought the last few years were left with Marvin Lewis you are in for a treat the next couple with Hugh Jackson oh my but speaking of Baker Mayfield 
people who listen to the show know I'm not the biggest fan of Baker Mayfield. I said he would be a very good quarterback in the NFL, but I wouldn't make him my franchise guy, especially in Cleveland. And he has played fantastic. And he is doing the one thing that I thought would be almost impossible for any quarterback there, which is overcoming the dysfunction of that organization. And a lot of people have gone on him this weekend for saying that he wanted to be his former head coach. Yeah, I, I think I would too. And I don't mind that part of his attitude. What, I'm, what I don't like is how he was bashing his former head coach. And then when people talked about him, when Damian Woody talked about him on ESPN, he commented in the video about the criticism. Baker. I understand that you're a passionate kid, and I love that passion, but you have to know where to aim that passion. People are going to criticize you. You're in the business of criticism as the head of a NFL football team. You cannot go out of your way to write on a comment. I mean, how much do we bash Kevin Durant for creating these ghost Twitter accounts to respond to people? I get that you want to beat your head coach. If you want to say you were wanting to beat your former head coach because you felt he left you guys high and drive, I get that. But then to just keep going on and bashing him, you do realize you're probably going to have a new head coach next season. This is the time where you're trying to sell yourself, and you're doing that pretty well on the field with your performance the last few weeks. But possible head coaches might look at you and say, man, he might be tough to handle. I want a guy who's not going to be putting headlines out in the media like this. I don't want a guy who, if he's criticized on a sports talk show, his first reaction is, well, I got to comment on the video. You are trying to constantly sell yourself in the NFL. Because of the fluidity of head coaching and assistant positions, you want to get the best guys in your building. And to do that, you constantly have to be putting up the best front. And while he's doing that on the field... And I can't take away from what he's doing on the field. One of my biggest knocks on Baker was what he does off the field. You don't hear from Josh Rosen. You don't hear from Sam Darnold. They have gotten a lot of criticism, especially Darnold the last couple of weeks. But he is not going and commenting on YouTube videos when people are criticizing his interceptions. All I can say is for Baker Mayfield, Continue what you're doing on the field. And if you want to be passionate, I get that. And I love that you want to beat former head coaches and hold grudges against former teammates. Do that. That is great. But do it to an extent. Don't give teams and coaches bulletin board material to use against you. And you have to remember, you're always selling. You are selling to new coaches and to new teammates that you are the guy they want to play for. And if you keep going after every criticism of you and commenting about it, it's just going to hurt you and you're not going to be able to get the best coaches and pieces around you to help make you the most successful quarterback that you can be. Now we're going to down three. And this is an interesting topic. All I've been hearing the last couple of days is Mike McCarthy is the problem in Green Bay. Okay. I do think Mike McCarthy, and I'll get into this more in my next podcast, the Hot Seat Podcast, I just think that 
sometimes in a coaching situation, you've been there a long time, and you just need a change of scenery. I just think Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, they just need a change of scenery. But I will say this. Aaron Rodgers is getting an awful lot of passes right now, even though he hasn't won a road game this season. He has a losing record on the road now in his career. All I'm saying is, Aaron Rodgers, we keep talking about how great he is. And unequivocally, he is one of the most talented quarterbacks I have ever seen. Probably the greatest in terms of arm talent. But he only has one Super Bowl. And the thing I'm looking at right now is he is struggling. And I understand he's got young receivers. But Aaron, you took that big contract. And I'm not knocking him for the contract. But Aaron also has to understand the priorities. Tom Brady's never a top five paid quarterback in this league. And the reason why is he wants extra weapons and extra pieces to win Super Bowls. And Aaron Rodgers deserves all of that money. But he has to understand that now Green Bay is limited on who they can bring in. And I keep hearing all the excuses about Aaron Rodgers instead of asking the obvious question. Why aren't we criticizing Rodgers for his play? Why aren't we criticizing on a third and three, he can't hit an easy bubble screen five yards out on the outside. He can make a great 25-yard throw down the field in traffic, but he can't throw the easy five-yard out or the five-yard slam for a first down, misses his receiver. It's not all on Aaron Rodgers, but he deserves a fair share of criticism. I mean, he's gone against teams and defenses he should be doing pretty well against, and now he's healthy. And I understand the knee's been an issue this year. But people keep saying, well, he doesn't have a running game. Well, Aaron Jones is averaging over six yards a carry. Well, he doesn't have good receivers. He still has Adams, and he has some good, young, talented receivers. They might miss a route or two, but he has some talented receivers. Well, their offensive line's terrible. Well, no, actually, it's one of the better ones in pass blocking in the league. Well, he doesn't have a tight end. Well, they went out and got Jimmy Graham who probably is still a top 10 tight end in this league. All I'm saying with Aaron Rodgers is, if this continues, I think he's not getting enough of the blame. A lot of this is on him. And I think he needs to realize that the clock is starting to tick against him. And maybe in two or three years he'll do what Drew Brees did, and that's take a pay cut to get pieces around him. And look at New Orleans. Drew Brees took a pay cut, and look at the pieces they put around him now, and they look like a Super Bowl contender. I mean, it's, it's funny because when we look back at Aaron Rodgers, he's a lot like Brett Favre. Makes some absolutely incredible throws that you cannot believe and make your jaw drop, but then will throw some of the most maddening throws and misses that you'll ever see. And it's funny because... When we look back at these two great quarterbacks, we look at their talent. We can make the case they had the best arms in the NFL when they played. But one thing we never talk about and we never criticize with Favre that I've never gotten, if he was so talented, why did he only have one Lombardi trophy? If he didn't win that Super Bowl early in his career, what would we say about Brett Favre? I mean, you look at his talent, you look at all the records he holds, Shouldn't he have one more Super Bowls? The same thing with Aaron Rodgers. I understand their defense isn't great, 
but they're one of the most efficient pass defenses in the NFL. So I'm just saying, like, everyone's blaming Mike McCarthy. Everyone's blaming everyone else on the Packers. But if this continues and this season continues to snowball, I think we have to look at Aaron Rodgers and give him his fair share of criticism for his performance this season. All right, it's fourth down, and we're going to punt right here. Okay, so for those of you just joining us, this is a new segment on the three and down. If I feel like there's a topic I have to get to, I get 60 seconds to talk about it, and I'm going to do that right now. So fourth down today is I love Michigan fans criticizing Jim Harbaugh and even some of them wanting him fired. Are you kidding me? Michigan, I understand you're frustrated that he hasn't been in Ohio State yet, but you do realize where you were before Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has won 10 games in three of the four seasons he's been in Ann Arbor. He's in a much tougher Big Ten than it was four or five years ago. And, oh, by the way, there's a lot of rumors this might be the last year of Urban Meyer at Ohio State. So right now he finally has a full recruiting class, and it looks like your arch rival and the best team in the Big Ten is going to lose their head coach potentially this offseason. For everyone overreacting, on how Jim Harbaugh, and I understand they got took into the woodshed and that it wasn't a good performance, but for everyone that wants to get rid of Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor, look in the mirror and just say to yourself, that is crazy. He has won everywhere he has gone. He's built a great program, and they're in national title contention, and they will be next year if he's still there. And don't ride him too hard, because if you keep pushing and pushing against him, he has options. And I keep saying the NFL should call him, especially if these Michigan fans are going to continue to be on him and be like, oh, you haven't won a national title game and you haven't been in Ohio State. He's averaging over nine wins a year. He's averaging 10 wins over the last three years. Give it a break. He's a great head coach, and he's turned around Michigan and restored them to relevance and taken them from being a 500 team in a bad Big Ten to in one of the best Big Tens I've ever remembered in winning 10 games a year. So relax on Jim Harbaugh. He's a great coach in Michigan. Calm down. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Remember to like and subscribe on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, and available for download on iTunes. Our next one will be our hot stove special. I mean, our hot seat special. For those of you who have never uh Listen, every quarter mark, I do a hot seat special on which coaches are on the hot seat. My top five in the NFL. That is coming up on the next episode. Five coaches, especially now at this point in the season, I can see three easily getting fired on Black Monday in the NFL. So make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss that latest episode. That one coming up later this week. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Nolan Rich from Rich Sports Talk.